You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Brother Furso, uh, I don't know him well. Every time I've been around him, I've been so impressed. And uh, his wife, uh, Mrs. Furso, she has been a secretary. We've talked to her on the phone many times. Uh, and uh, we appreciate uh, this couple, their faithfulness. Uh, we're so honored that you'd give us some time out of your vacation to come and minister. We're so uh, thankful to have your family here. And uh, let's get your Bibles ready. Let's get an amen ready. And then let's get Brother First so a Victory Baptist welcome as he comes to preach tonight. God bless you, bro. Thank you, Pastor. All right, it's a great joy to be with you tonight. And greetings from uh, West Coast Baptist College, Lancaster Baptist Church, and from Southern California. It's a joy to be with you. Um, and I tell you what, I, this is really the first time I've been to North Carolina uh, since I was a teenager. I went to a camp up in, uh, I think it's Asheville, North Carolina, the wilds. Uh, I was 15 years old, and that was the first time I ever went to a Christian camp. And I uh, was so thankful to be a part of that, but it's a joy to be with you tonight. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and to really just to honor the Lord and, and uh, open up God's Word and hopefully uh, find something that would nourish you and encourage you uh, during your Christian walk. So it's a great joy to be with you. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn to Philippians chapter number 2. I heard that the kids have food. Amen. I'm surprised more of you didn't leave with them. And just volunteered. I'll be a worker for tonight, and uh, and I almost went with them. So, uh, but thank you for being here tonight. And I'm not sure what your custom is, but if you wouldn't mind, stand as we honor God's word, and let's read a, a few portions of scripture here. Philippians chapter number two, verse number twelve. Philippians two, beginning at verse number twelve, where the Bible says, "Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence." Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful church, for this pastor, for this people, and for the desire that they have to just honor you and to please you and to fulfill your purpose, not only through this church, but individually through their lives. And I pray that tonight as we gather around your word, I pray that, that you would use me just to be an encouragement during this summer season. As we wind down the summertime, transitioning back into the school year, I pray that this thought that we would look into your word tonight, that we would share, would be encouragement uh, for this church as they uh, enter into the fall season. And Father, we pray that you bless now, work in our hearts, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. How many of you have favorites? You have favorites? I know most likely we have our favorite
car that we maybe had in the past, and you think about that right now, and my favorite car was a 1975 Malibu Classic, and had four mags on each side, was jacked up a little bit, and, um, and that was my favorite car that I ever had. How many have a favorite vacation spot? I have a new one today, and, um, but a vacation spot that's your favorite. How about a favorite restaurant? You have a favorite restaurant? And uh, we've been looking for different restaurants. All we've seen is McDonald's. And, um, but uh, we're thankful for uh, favorite restaurants. How about you have a favorite hobby? Maybe a favorite sport? Uh, how about a favorite team? You have a favorite team that you root for? I'm sure all of us have these favorites. How many have a favorite child? <laughs> all right. Now, now, as parents, you're not supposed to have favorites. But as grandparents, you can't have favorites. And uh, but now I have both sets of my kids here, so I can't tell you which ones my favorites are, because then I'll, I'll have a, a war on our hands as we travel back to our vacation spot. But how many have a favorite flavor of ice cream? Ooh. You have a favorite? How many like chocolate? How many like vanilla? Okay, how many have ever had salted caramel liquid nitrogen ice cream? What? Have anybody had that? None of you are even saved, <laughs> and you're not even sanctified. But I tell you what, if you ever find a spot where they have liquid nitrogen ice cream, it'll change your life. If you have to come out to California just to get the ice cream, it's worth the trip. And how many have a favorite book of the Bible? You have a favorite book of the Bible? Now, mine is the book of Philippians. It's my favorite book of the Bible. Of course, we know the theme of Philippians is joy and rejoicing. And the crowning voice of, uh, verse, of course, is Philippians 4.4. And where Paul says, and, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say what? Rejoice. And, and God wants us to rejoice. But that's not the reason why this book is, means so much to me. And why I would say this is my favorite book. When I was a teenager, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. We were far from being Christian. Uh, my sister started dating somebody when she was about 18, 19 years old. And, and he was a Christian. And she got invited to church. And... and uh, she got saved, and I didn't even know what that word was until later, and she was going to a Baptist church, and we grew up, and we were Catholic, just by name only, but I thought everybody was Catholic. I didn't even know there was Baptist. I thought that was a disease once I heard, you know, my <laughs> sister said, I go to, I'm going to a Baptist church. I'm like, what is that? And so my sister started inviting me to church as a 15-year-old teenager. Hey, why don't you come to church with me? We have a revival. And I said, no, I, I don't want to go to that. And she said, we have a missions conference. No, I don't want to do that. And then she said, well, you have a, a youth rally. No, I don't want to do that. And about, about she got my, my spiritual level where I was at. She says, well, there's a pretty girl that I want you to meet. <laughs> All right, now, come on, teenagers, you're in here. All right, 15 years old, go to church to meet a girl, count me in. And so I went to church, not for the Bible, not for, you know, singing God's praises. I went to meet this girl. And so I remember walking into that church, and I saw this one girl, and I said, boy, I hope it's not her. And, uh, and then I saw another girl, and I said, well, I wouldn't mind meeting her. And then as I walked up the stairs to go into the auditorium, I looked down the hallway, and I saw this girl. And I said, whoa, that is a pretty girl. And I, and I, I remember walking in, I sat towards the back back there where my family's sitting right now. And um, I'm sitting there, and my sister was singing in the choir, and, and I, I noticed that girl, she was playing the piano. And I tell you what, I was riveted to that piano. I was just staring at her. My sister came down, she stood next to me, and she said, did you see any pretty girls? And I said, yeah, the piano player. 
And she said, well, that's the girl I want you to meet. I said, I love church. I love church. Now, to make a long story short, okay, that girl that my sister introduced me to is my wife. And um, we've been married now for 41 years. And and as soon as we met each other, she started chasing me. I couldn't get away from, get away from her. And she finally caught me. Now, that's my side of the story. If you want hers, um, she won't tell you the truth. Um, but she gave me my first Bible. And it was and, and inside, you know, she wrote her name and kind of said something nice. And then she wrote Philippians 1.3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Amen. And ever since that, that verse, this book of the Bible has meant so much to me. And that is my favorite. Now, Paul is writing to these believers at Philippi. And of course, we know the background of this. Paul was not, you know, vacationing at the Mediterranean Sea or anything like that. Uh, he was in prison. And why was he in prison? Because he was preaching and proclaiming the word of God. He was being faithful to calling upon his life. And because of that, he was tossed into prison. Now, as we think about that, Paul, in the, in, in the, 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 the backdrop of that, Paul never lost his joy. He never lost his shout. He always had that rejoicing spirit in his heart. Now, listen, we need to realize that, that the world that we're living in right now, they're not applauding us. They're not cheering us right. on. But listen, that doesn't matter. That should not matter to you and to me right. because we know. We, listen, I've read the final chapter and so yeah. have you. Yeah. And we're on the winning side. Yeah, and so we should never lose our shout. We should never lose the, the joy that we have in our hearts. Yeah. Now, think about this. John chapter 10, verse number 10. Jesus says this, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful that you're saved tonight? But not only, these, not only did I come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. God wants us to have an overflowing life, a life of full of joy and fulfillment and satisfaction and even happiness. Now the question is this, how can we live in a life it has so many difficulties, so many challenges, so many hardships, so many trials. How can we experience that abundant joy that Jesus and the Apostle Paul talked about, but they also experienced? And tonight I want to share with you three certainties that will enable us to keep our joy. Everything around us might be falling apart. And we might have some terrible trials and burdens that we're carrying. But in the midst of that, each and every one of us can experience the joy of the Lord in our hearts. Amen. So as we look at verse number 12, the Bible says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Aren't you thankful about that? When, when our children are being obedient, when we're not even around. They just have that desire in their heart that they want, they want to please and honor mom and dad and, and just obey them even when they're not watching. Now listen, as, as God's children, we ought to have that same spirit, that same desire in our hearts to live in such a way that our lives are honoring and pleasing to the Lord and that we bring honor and glory to his wonderful name. But then the Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So there's two resources that God gives to us so that we might be able to live cheerfully in this world. First of all, he gives us the gift of salvation. Amen. Aren't you thankful 
for that gift. Now, I grew up in a religion that you had to work for it, that you had to strive for it, that, that maybe possibly you may enter into that place if someone prayed for you enough once you even died. But I'm thankful that God offers to us this wonderful gift of salvation. And I really believe that, that, that if you and I would keep that, that beginning point real and fresh in our hearts, listen, we won't lose our joy. What happens is this, is we get accustomed to that. And we get kind of complacent with that. And we get used to that. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. No, listen, we ought to be praising God that he would reach down and lift yeah. us up out of that horrible pit yeah. and set our feet on the solid rock. What a joy it is to know that we're saved. Yeah. And don't lose that joy of knowing that you accepted Christ as your Savior. Yeah. Now that word salvation means, means deliverance. Yes. We've been delivered. Yeah. And it's not by what we have done. Right. Now notice very carefully, it doesn't say work for your salvation. It says work out your salvation. The gift of salvation is a gift that's needed for every single person on this planet. And the reason why is because all of us need to be forgiven. There's not one perfect person in this auditorium. There's not one perfect person in this community. There's not one perfect person in in, in, uh, uh, North Carolina. Listen, we're all sinners. And we all need to know that the forgiveness that only comes through Jesus Christ. And that's why Isaiah 53, verse number 5 says this, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Now listen, we know that verse. But let's personalize that. He was wounded for you. He was wounded for me. Those stripes that his body endured and the pain and the suffering and, and the abandonment, abandonment that he experienced on that cross, that was because of my sin. He paid that price. Forgiveness is our greatest need. But how do we attain forgiveness? How can all of our sins be wiped away? Colossians 1 verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. What a wonderful promise that is and what a wonderful truth that is. Those who advocate salvation by works do so only because they fail to understand that God demands perfect righteousness from us. When this point hits home, listen, it is obvious to us that we cannot be saved by our works. Because no matter how good our works are, listen, they do not elevate us to his perfection. We all fall short. I remember witnessing to what I would call just a religious couple. Their names was Jerry and Julie Mercer. And as I was sitting in their their family room area, sharing the gospel with them, I got about halfway down the, the Romans Road, and, and all of a sudden, a Julie began to cry. Now, I've, I've had people cry before when I was sharing the gospel with them, but this was a different type of crying. I mean, this is the boo-hooing type of crying. I mean, where the floodgates were open, and, and the nose was all red, and, and you know stuff was coming out of the nose, and, and she was shaking, and, and, and I'm thinking, okay, what did I say? What, 
what did I do to offend her? And, and, and I kind of looked at her husband, and he was just clueless. He kind of just... And I, I didn't know what to do because she was just cr crying so uncontrollably. So I just stopped and waited. She kind of gathered her, her emotions finally, and, and then she began to wipe her tears away. And then she said this to me. I'll never forget this. She said, deep down inside, I knew I couldn't earn my way to heaven. Wow. But I kept trying. Wow. But tonight you told me Amen. it's a gift. Amen. And aren't you thankful for gifts? Amen. Now, how many of you ever got a gift before that you wonder, why did I get this gift? <laughs> did you ever get that before? Uh, my daughter Jenna, she's in the back back there. She gave me a gift one time. I think it was for Father's Day. It was um, Anna Green Gables series. <laughs> That's what I thought too. So I opened it up, and, and I thought, oh. And I thought right away, there's something underneath it. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Maybe it's socks, you know, a tie, or anything. <laughs> but Anna Green Gables 1, Anna Green Gables 2, Anna Green Gables 3. I'm not sure how many series there were, but I had them all. <laughs> and I'm looking at them, and I looked at Jenna. And all of a sudden, you could just see the joy that was on her face. She thought she gave me the best gift in the world. But you know what her thought was behind that? I want to watch this with you, Dad. You, know, you think about gifts. You get excited about giving something to someone, don't you? And, and, you, and you, you get all kind of like, I can't wait to present this to them. Listen, a gift is not something someone earns. It's not sometimes they, what they even deserve. Right. It's something that they receive. Amen. May I encourage you tonight, don't ever forget that your salvation is something that you received. Amen. I'm thankful that as a teenager, I realized that I didn't have to work my way to heaven, Amen. that it was already paid for, and all I had to do was accept it. Amen. It was free. Right. I remember just recently taking my wife out to a very nice restaurant, and every man knows what that means. It means one thing, it's expensive, right? <laughs> and uh, we went to this restaurant and we're sitting there and, and I'm not sure if we were celebrating our, celebrating our anniversary or just um, can't remember, maybe the kid's all moving out of the house. Or, you know, we're, <laughs> we're celebrating something. And so we're eating there, having a wonderful meal. And it was, it was one of those meals that you're, you're kind of in your minds as men, you're kind of calculating, okay, how much is it going to cost me? <laughs> and then the you know, lady comes by and says, do you want dessert? And I thought, you know, my, I could tell the look on my face. My wife didn't have to say a word. I know what she was communicating to me just by those eyes. <laughs> yes, we want dessert. And she did not want to share. And so... <laughs> And so, you know, we, we ordered it, and we had a dessert, and then the waiter came up and, and, and gave us our bill, and, and I opened it up, and it said this, it's paid. It's paid. Someone paid for our meal. I said, man, we should order more dessert. Man, oh, man. But you know what else? It would have been foolish for me to try to go and pay for that meal again. Right. It was already paid for. Amen. And listen, that's your salvation. 
Now just be thankful for that. Rejoice in that. There's no greater joy in knowing that you are saved. Now, listen, that's going to help us to live and to keep that joy in our heart. But not only that, but his grace is for our strength. Look what the Bible says in verse number 13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Now think about this. His grace energizes us that we might become more like him. His grace. Look at, look at that verse. For it is God which worketh in you. Amen. It's God working in you for what reason? To will. In other words, to give you the desire. Yeah. How, how many of you sometimes just don't have the desire maybe to read your Bible? Sure. Don't raise your hand. Sometimes we have that. Sure. Sometimes we don't have the desire to pray. or Maybe we don't have the desire to, to witness like we ought to. Maybe it's in the area of maybe giving and sacrificing, serving, um, forgiving. Sometimes we don't have that desire. We don't have that want to. But listen, the Bible says, for it is God which worketh in you to will. Amen. God's grace wills us to do, then the Bible says to do. That means he gives not only the desire, but then he gives us the strength or the power Amen. to do his good pleasure. That's, right. That's his grace. Yeah. Now, now think about it. Sometimes in this world, in, the, in our Christian journey, we get a little tired. We get a little bit weary. And I understand that. I, 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 I took up a hobby a couple years ago, uh, uh, cycling. I do mountain biking and I do road riding. And, and I, was just, I was just getting out of shape. And I realized I needed to do something. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I should start jogging. But you, yeah, that's what I thought. And um, <laughs> Did you ever see a happy jogger when you drive past them? I've never had. I've always seen this look. How much more do I got to do this? You know, I I don't want to do that. And someone asked me, hey, how about if you go mountain biking with me? You know, I didn't say, okay, well, how hard is to go mountain biking? You know, I know how to ride a bike. I'm from Chicago. We don't have mountains in Chicago. I always have skyscrapers, okay? And uh, that's it. Everything's flat. And, and, you know, I said, well, I, I could probably do that. And so I started riding. And then I started doing road rides. And, you know, I'd ride, you know, 60, you know, some miles, at one ride, just ride. And, and so they have these amazing little gel packs, though. These things right here. You, you know, you, you go 60 miles and you, you'll get a little tired. you get a little fatigued. But you have one of these. I'll tell you what. You'll get all fired up. Man, you'll just get this new energy that comes right through. I, I don't, it's probably not even legal, okay? I'm pleading ignorance right now because I'm not even sure what's in these things. But I tell you what, I'll take this gel pack and I'll just get re-energized. And I, 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 you know, I might be fatigued mentally and, and, and physically, it's just tired. But when I take one of these, man, I'll tell you what, man, I just get a new, I'll get that second wind. You want to know something? That's like God's grace. Yeah. Amen. Listen, when you try to live the Christian life in your strength, oh in the power of the flesh, listen, that's why you get discouraged, and that's why you want to quit, and that's why you get burnout. Listen, because you're depending upon self. But when we look into God's word, it's for it is God which worketh in you to will and to do his good pleasure. Listen, when God's grace is working and strengthens you, yeah, listen, you can keep on going. Yeah, 
And that's God's grace. So we think, okay, how can we live in this world joyfully? Oh, I'll tell you what. We got a salvation. Yes. His salvation. We have his grace that strengthens us. Amen. <clears throat> and number three, it says, we have a, the resilience that comes from his word. Look at what it says in verse number 14. Do all things without <clears throat> murmurings and disputings. That's convicting, isn't it? Do, do all things without murmurings and disputings. This is a clear mandate from Scripture. Paul said that we ought to rejoice in the Lord. And maybe our rejoicing is not where it should be because we are murmuring. We're complaining. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 3 says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Exodus talking about, how about the children of Israel, man? They complained all the time. I mean, even to the point where they said, we should have just stayed in Egypt and just, just stayed in the world. No. God provided for them. Amen. Psalms 106, verse 25, but, murmured, but they murmured in their tents and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. Do you murmur in your house? Do you complain? We've become masters at complaining. The weather's too hot. The weather's too muggy. We don't have humidity in California. Yeah. And bless God, we don't have bugs. That's right. And you got bugs everywhere. You know, back in, back in you know, where we're from, it's, it's too windy. <clears throat> kids are going to school, and kids might be saying, well, this teacher's too hard, or this teacher's too easy. The tests are unfair. You know, food, we might complain, it's not hot enough. It's too spicy and has no taste. We might think about our jobs and think, you know what, I could do better than my boss. They don't appreciate me. They don't recognize my value. We might complain about the gas prices. I'm sure God understands that one, right? Amen. <laughs> But Philippians 2.14, do all things without murmurings. Amen. That's a command. Isn't that weird? Paul is talking about you know, our salvation. He's talking about God's grace. And then he just slides that right in there. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Wow. Now think about it. Why is that? Why do we have that mandate? Clear mandate. Because we have a compelling motivation. Look at verse number 15. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. 
among whom shine as lights in the world. Paul is reminding these believers at Philippi, and listen, stop your murmuring, stop your complaining, because the world is watching. That's right. Paul reminds them, say, listen, we need to be blameless and harmless, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked, because that's twisted, yes. perverse, distorted nation. Blameless, of course, without duplicity, without blemish, sincere. James tells us a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Harmless, without any mixture of deceit. Without defiling material. It gives an idea without wrinkles. Our lives need to be that way because we live in a perverse nation, a crooked nation. And we ought to live in such a way that this world sees something different about us. Listen, we ought not to try to blend in. We are not of this world. We ought to be different. We've been called out of this world. And unto him, God's called us to be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, that our lights may shine. Look what that Bible says. Among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Now, I'm sure the kids might be seeing this little light of mine tonight. Hide their ambition. No, won't let Satan blow it out. You know, our kids sing about letting their lights so shine, but listen, moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas, listen, our lights ought to be shining. Amen. Teenagers, let me encourage you. Amen. Let your lights so shine. That's right. Hey, I didn't go to a Christian school. I went to a public school. And I remember that first time I walked into that public school after I got saved, bringing my Bible. And I wish I could say it was on top of all my books. It wasn't. It was on the bottom. But I brought it. Amen. And I was scared to death. Because I thought, uh, those 4,000 students, I was the only one that was a Christian. I remember going to business law and, and had my Bible underneath all my stacks of books. And there was a girl next to me. And says, she looked over and said, is that a Bible? I said, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> she said, that. She said, are you a Christian? I said, yes. She said, so am I. You want know to know something? From that point on, that Bible is no longer on the bottom, but it was on the top. Yeah. Listen, teenagers, you didn't let your lights all shine. All of us at the workplace. Why, this world needs to see something different about us. Listen, if we're murmuring and complaining like everybody else, yeah. we're just like them. That's right. See, so it calls us to be these lights, and that our lights might shine. Oh, tonight, just think about it. We, we see the, our resources to live cheerfully. That's his salvation and, and his grace. And we see the resilience to live carefully. But finally, our resolve to live courageously. And it's found in verse number 16 where it says, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Amen. And yea, 
If I be offered upon the sacrifice and the service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. Here we see the resolve that the Apostle Paul had to live courageously, and he's challenging these fellow believers, Christ followers, to do the same. We need to live courageously in this world. This, listen, your neighborhood needs you. They need you to live by faith and allow your light so shine. We, we ought not to blend in and be like everybody else. There ought to be something different about us. Now, I'm not talking about being weird or crazy or anything like that. But there ought to be a joy in our, in our spirit and a, a willingness to help and, a, and to carry burdens and to be an encouragement to everyone that we possibly can. Amen. We ought to be willing to make a difference because we have a purpose. And among whom you shine as lights in this world. That's our purpose. Yes, sir. Is your light shining? Or has the circumstances dimmed your light? Paul did not live during a time when it was easy. It was challenging. It was difficult. The Romans, listen, the Romans were a rough group of people. Yes, sir. He was able to say, rejoice in the Lord. Yay. Look what he said in verse number 17. He says, yea, if I be offered upon the sacrifice and the service of your faith, I joy. Hey, if I got a sacrifice for you, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Now, we don't like sacrifice, do we? We, we like comfort. Yes, yeah, sir. All right? How many dads, you have an easy chair? And that's your chair. Yeah. And if one of the kids are sitting there and you walk over there, you know. You don't even have to say, just look at them. <laughs> and they get up, because that's, that's your chair. Because it's the comfortable chair. We, we want comfort. Yeah. You got padded pews. Come on. You don't have benches. You got AC. You got lights. You got it all. We like comfort. There's nothing wrong with it. But are we willing to sacrifice? That's good. Paul said, I'm willing to sacrifice for the furtherance of your joy. Wow. What a challenge. Not for my joy but for your joy. We're all running a race. And I want to be able to run my race in such a way that when I get to that finish line, I haven't lost the joy of serving the Lord. How about you? Has this world kind of zapped you of your joy? Has your joy been kind of depleted? Let me encourage you to find an energy pack Amen. called the Bible Amen. and have a good intake. Take time to worship your Creator. Amen. And realize, listen, we are the victors. Amen. Right. Remember that. We're not on the losing team. That's right. If you know Christ tonight as your Savior, we're on the winning side. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. 
May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.